hear this story and you'll also be gaining knowledge when you listen to it on how to do these things. I realized that like my concern was really just what people were going to think of my decision and oh my god she's crazy what is she doing she's not you know she's supposed to be pursuing a career this is when she's supposed to be finding a job and I that doesn't appeal to me that never appealed to me. Play a major role in spreading the love and the joy and uh, reducing our imprint, you know, for for future generations and for all that we share this planet with. I was just embarrassed. I felt like I couldn't do it. Like I had already failed. I had no idea what I was doing. What did I get myself into? What was I thinking? Our history of humanity really revolves around great people and that's that's all we know about and why is that because the insignificant people weren't important enough that somebody would take the time to document their life hello everyone welcome to the podcast my name is Kaylin Otto your host and you are listening to the unruly podcast today is a happy birthday, happy celebration for the podcast because around this time four years ago I started the Unruly Podcast and back then it was known as the Wonder Woman Podcast and my, how things have changed over the years. When I started recording this I was on the road a lot, that's when I was crossing the US back and forth multiple times with hardly any money, wolfing all the time hitchhiking, ride-sharing, which I totally still do those things, but obviously right now with COVID, that's hard, and uh, I've just adopted different styles of travel, too, and mixed and matched them over the years, so it's interesting to look back on everything. It's especially interesting to me to listen to some of my first podcast episodes, because I didn't quite know what I was doing, I didn't quite know how to interview people all the way, and I really didn't know how to put them together, like do all the you know, mechanics behind it. So I've come a long way. I'm very proud of myself. There are a lot of tears at the beginning trying to figure out how to record a podcast, produce it, stream it, all of those things. So thank you for sticking around. If you have listened all four years, wow, thank you. Please send me a DM somewhere, leave a comment somewhere, and let me know because I would love to know. You know, I can see how many people are listening and I can see where, but unless your username on one of those places is directly who you are, like your first and last name, I don't really know. So four years, this is the 41st episode of the podcast, and I've had 7,076 plays in total. So all the times that a podcast has been listening to over the four years. So thank you so much for that. And to celebrate also today, we have a really special, exciting guest and a conversation that I was just so happy about, so happy that's recorded, and so happy you're going to listen to it. But before we jump in and I share that with you, I wanted to update you about my book, The Art of Unruly Travel on a Budget, because it is now officially in the hands of of the publisher. Woohoo! Uh, they are editing it, they are formatting it for so that it can be an ebook, so that it can be printed. Uh, they're catching any mistakes I made, putting everything in order, getting the official numbers for it, all of those things. And I will be the one basically marketing it when it's done, but you can expect to be able to buy it and hold it in your hands at the end of July, beginning of August. And if you want an ebook, then you're going to be able to get that earlier than that because that will be ready first. So if you are so excited about that like I am, you can still donate to the fundraiser that I was doing. I'll put the link in the show notes. The more you donate, the more copies I'm able to get. Uh, Also, please go on and leave a review for this podcast. I've realized that I should have been saying that all four years, but I'm all of a sudden like, oh my goodness, let's boost this show. It's like a real thing. I really love it. So please take the time, take under a minute to leave me an honest review anywhere that you listen. There are a few more exciting things coming up, but I will save those for a later podcast. I think I'm going to be speaking at some exciting things next year. And I'm going to be on some podcasts for some interviews about my book, so I'll be sharing those with you. Very, very fun things, so keep your ears open because I will be announcing those very soon. Anyway, a while ago, I went to the Women's Travel Fest in New York City, 
and I've been following the person who founded it ever since. So let's have a conversation with Kelly. Yay. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Thank you, Kelly, for taking time out of your awfully busy day that's very exciting to come onto the podcast because you've done a lot today <laughs> thank you so much for having me it has really been a whirlwind um I'm in this like crazy period of creation and that's so much fun it's like my favorite place to be except I like completely lose track of time and <laughs> I was just telling my boyfriend I was like looking at my desk and I'm like I have so many beverages on my desk I've <laughs> been here for so long <laughs> It's like you're just like living there now because you're I'm doing so much. Yeah, my hips hurt from sitting so long. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. It's almost done. Oh <laughs> my God. Well, it sounds like what you're working on is very exciting and it sounds like it will be well worth it, which is what we're going to talk about today. But to start, um, I always like to tell listeners how I even know the person that I'm interviewing, just to give them a little bit to go off of. And we're going to be talking about Women's Travel Fest Day too, but you uh, run Women's Travel Fest. You are the founder of that, correct? I do, yep. One of my um, most amazing babies. <laughs> yeah, oh, and okay, what an amazing baby because for everyone listening, I went there a few years ago for the first time. Um, I think it was like a sponsored ad for me, which I'm so glad it came up because I had the time of my life and I learned so much and I was like, oh goodness, I need to go this every year. So I remember, I didn't know who you were, but I emailed you, and I was like, hey, blah, 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 I want to come, got all the details, uh, ended up going, and I've been keeping up with your personal work and Travel Fest and all of that ever since. So when I saw that you had a book coming out and a podcast, and I learned more about it, and I was on your podcast, I'm like, wow, this would be perfect. You would just be perfect to have on the podcast. <laughs> Well, I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so glad that you found us, um, and I'm also so glad to hear that my ads work. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> like, seriously, they, they work, I, they must work so well, because that was so, you know, it's kind of like a niche thing, but it, yeah. it popped up, and I was like, wow, could this be any <laughs> more perfect of a thing for me? So great. Serendipity in motion. Yes. So can you just introduce yourself to begin with? Oh gosh, you're doing so many things. We're yeah. going to talk about your book and your podcast and travel, but just give us a little introduction to you. Absolutely. Um, my name is Kelly Lewis. I am a serial entrepreneur and women's travel industry maven. Um, I started working in the women's travel industry before there really was a women's travel industry, um, and my first business was called Go Girl Guides, which publishes travel guide books for women, and then following that, I started the Women's Travel Fest, which is heading into its ninth annual year. Wow. And then in 2016, I started a boutique tour company called Damesley, and that's so much fun. I take women traveling for a living, and now I'm writing a book called Tell Her She Can't, which is full of inspiring stories from unstoppable women. Wow, that is that's <laughs> which also so much. Which turned into a podcast. So I mean, there's it's I'm a big believer in just creating from my heart. So one thing in my life naturally leads to another, and the same thing can be said for my businesses. You can kind of follow it in a line, you know. I started out with guidebooks, and then I started traveling, and then I started talking about traveling, and then I started, you know, wanting to do that in a bigger way. Thus, Women's Travel Fest was born, and then I was like, hey, we're talking about traveling. Why shouldn't we go traveling? <laughs> there, James Lee was born, and, um, and really, Tell Her She Can't was kind of my quarantine project because everything that I do and kind of everything that I am sort of fell to the wayside, of course, because we couldn't go anywhere. And yeah. um, I, had, I had a book living inside of me for a while, and I just didn't have the time or space to create it, and so I finally decided you know, this is the chance to do that and to let out some of my personal story um, in a way that can hopefully help inspire others. Wow. And so you weren't planning on writing a book, but quarantine, you know, just kind of happened and you were like, oh, this is here. This wants yeah. to come out. Totally. I was like, well, now that we have the time, I mean, after I, I spent a solid couple of weeks crying in bed, of course, Yeah. Um, after that, I was like, okay, this is actually a really unique opportunity 
because I'm always traveling and, you know, now here I am in one solid space for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And so I could let myself be a little bit more creative. And I just started thinking about, you know, my personal upbringing. I grew up in a really uh, abusive, I, I struggle with that word, but Mm-hmm. an abusive environment where I was constantly told, you know, that I wasn't going to make it, that I was too fat, that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't enough, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I'd be a stain on society, like crazy stuff. But I really um, internalized that for a long time. And then when I was really young, I was probably like 11, I remember my mom came into my room and she said, you know, this sucks and I'm sorry that you're going through this, but you have two options. You can let this define you mm-hmm. or you can use it as fuel. And so I decided in that moment that I was going to harness and somehow channel the negativity that was around me and use it to push myself to be even better than the naysayers and you know the people that always told me that I couldn't. And I really credit that energy to a lot of my success in adulthood and in entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. and I really think that's something we don't ever talk about so yeah it's like we, we, we don't socialize women to be defiant or to talk about their defiance or you know and I, I, I actually think that change really comes from that place though so I started thinking well this is just my story right and I know a lot of amazing accomplished women because of Women's Travel Fest and so I started talking to women in my circle about what they had been through and different forms of adversity that they had overcome. And I started realizing, you know, that my story really wasn't very unique at all. (laughs) That sucks, (laughs) right? Because so many strong women have gone through, you know, trials and tribulations to get to that point. And so I started just talking to them about, you know, who told them that they couldn't and who they had to become to prove everyone wrong. Mm -hmm. And now the book incorporates the stories of 35 different women from all different sorts of backgrounds um, who really embody that and who have overcome so much. And the cool thing is, which I didn't realize at the time, is like how much their stories have inspired me Mm -hmm. and almost helped heal me in a way, like giving my kind of trauma a purpose and, and a place to go and like an inspiring place to go has really transformed it for me and kind of brought it full circle. So the book's coming out soon and I'm so excited. Wow. That's so excited. And I, I can't wait to read it. Of course, as soon as I can order it again, I'll try to do that. Um, and thank you for sharing that. Actually, you like knocked out a few of my questions list because I was going to ask you just because of all these different things you do and the projects you're involved in and the passion you put into them. I was wondering what your childhood was like, actually, which is not something that I always ask people, but I was going to ask you that um, because a lot of people... great. (laughs) Yeah, and thank you for talking about that because I do feel like a lot of people can kind of glaze over that, you know, or, or not look into that. And I think that people start telling us that we can't do things from a really young age. And for some people, it is abusive and it is a lot. You know, it's not just like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like life-changing traumatic things like you were talking about. So I love that you talked about how your mom came in and said that because even without you saying it, I think we all know what path you took where you're like, I'm going to use this to fuel me. I know, and I really credit her, you know, and, and the other beautiful thing that's happened from this book is, like, our relationship has really been healed from it mm-hmm. because she's so supportive, and even though it's not a great story for her because it involves, you know, my stepfamily, which, like, she married into, like, so she kind of brought me into that situation, mm-hmm. um, she is so supportive of telling the story, telling whatever truth lives within me and running like just running with it and taking it and and she's really it's been so beautiful to see her you know not feel that sense of shame or guilt anymore and Mm -hmm. for the conversations that came up between us it's just really been um it's really been a great thing for our relationship and so I'm so thankful to her because you know she she if if we hadn't had that conversation 
I don't know that I ever would have looked at it that way Mm -hmm. because as I was growing up, it was just like every day was a constant power battle and I lost most of the time. Yeah. So it felt like I was just always under attack and there wasn't any safety from that. And so the only way that I could get out of it was, I mean, to, to get really to get myself out, to get myself into college, to get myself away. I grew up in Hawaii and I moved out. um, I moved out three days after I graduated high school all the way to Arizona. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get away fast enough and I couldn't get away far enough. And I, I just had to go and kind of figure out what life was going to look like. Holy moly. So taking all of that and then you move, was that like an introduction to travel or was that just a move and then you were there and then you traveled later? Yeah, that was a move. I never traveled growing up because, you know, we had a family of six and we lived in Hawaii and it just was not financially possible for us to travel anywhere. So I really didn't start traveling until after I graduated college. Um, I really wanted to study abroad, but I also, I couldn't afford it, and it wasn't going to happen for me. And for some reason, I was just, like, so obsessed with New Zealand, <laughs> and I don't know why. Like, I really can't tell you why, but I just felt like I have to go to New Zealand. It was, like, the place that was always on my mind. And so um, after I graduated, I was lucky enough that my family did gift me a, a trip. They gifted me a trip to Fiji, New Zealand, and Australia for, like, three weeks, and I went with one of my best friends. And when we got to New Zealand, I was just like, I love this place so much. Like something about it just hit me in the heart and I have to live here. And so I came home and I sold everything that I owned. Oh my goodness. Like my toaster, my rug, I mean like everything. (laughs) Wow. I moved to New Zealand with $400 in my bank account and um, lived there and worked there for a year. And it was the best year of my life. And that was really my introduction to travel and to you know the world of possibility wow so it sounded like to me and correct me if I'm wrong you were kind of getting away from something and looking for something at the same time so this kind of push and pull totally yes I just I you know once I got out of where I had come from I felt like a horse that just needed to run yeah you know, and, and it's also coming from an island, right? Like, I remember getting to mainland USA and being like, God, I just want to drive. I just want to freaking drive for like yeah. as long as I can because I can, right? And it was that same kind of feeling like, I just want to travel for as long as I can because I can because nobody's going to stop me. Like, nobody's going to tell me that I can't. And, like, it might get difficult and I might have to figure out how I'm going to pay for this and, you know, whatever. But all of that's just logistics because... Everything is so possible if you, you know, if you really invest time in figuring it out. And so travel for me became more than just like taking off, you know, countries. Mm -hmm. It's really like you can do anything. (laughs) Like you can see the world. You can get on a plane. You can be somewhere in 24 hours. You can be on the other side of the planet if you want to by tomorrow Mm -hmm. evening. You know, and I realized like I could really like the world is really so small. It really Mm -hmm. is. And you can, you can go anywhere, even if you don't have it all figured out, you know? And, like, it's nicer to travel when you have some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for I've real. desperately poor and traveling still. And, you know, I've always found a way to make it work. And so some of those have been really great adventures. And I, I just think that, like, that was when I was 22, 23, that was, like, the beginning for me and then in New Zealand I lived in this really fun house with like seven people wow you know travelers house it was two literally two bedrooms I had one of them and another girl had another room and there was like four people that lived in the basement and like three people that lived in the vans outside and it took me like two weeks to be like who actually lives here wow (laughs) but those people really like showed me so much about the world and, you know, shared their stories about the world and got me excited about different places. And we have traveled many places together. We've, you know, we've collectively, we've done Canada, we've done South America together. We did India, Sri Lanka. We've been, I mean, we've been all over the world together. So those people became my travel family. And sometimes, sometimes all it takes is someone just telling you 
about their experience in a place to kind of pique your curiosity, right? Because, like, I had never really thought too much about India or Sri Lanka, for example, until they started talking about, you know, wanting to go back and how much they loved it. And and I think the same could be said for this book, right? It's mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you just need to hear about how other people made it through and the cool things that they've done to, to realize your own potential. Right, so, to realize you can do it, too. Yeah, to realize you can do it, too. And I see so many parallels between the resilient stories in this book and, like, traveling. Because right. it takes a lot to travel, you know? It, it does. It takes, it takes gumption. It takes, you know, confidence. And I think you get a lot of those by traveling. Um, but it's hard to get out there at first. Oh, d- definitely. And, um... Like, I was, you know, talking to you on your podcast about all the reasons why I was told I couldn't do certain things, whether it's money, whether it's being a female, all of these things. Is that the common thread that you've heard from these women while writing your book? Like, what was the common thing that they were all told that they couldn't do and and why? You know what's so sad is that one of the common themes is that one of the earliest memories most women have of being told that they can't, at least in my book and in the interviews that I've been doing, are from educators. That's so sad. It's teachers. And I think think when you think about it, it's like, well, teachers mean well, right? So Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, honey, you're not really a good writer, you know, or like, oh, maybe you should try harder at writing. So, and you get these messages of like, oh, I can't write. I'm not good at that. Or, you know, and then sometimes it's overt. And a lot of times it was, I was hearing stories of like, you know, systemic racism mm-hmm. in education, women being held back, even though they were top students, top of their class, being told that they couldn't make it into the specific university and like, oh, maybe you should, you know, tr- set your sights on something else. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like sometimes people say that you can't because they don't want to see you fail, but they don't realize that in saying that, they set you up to never even try. Right. So it's like, you know, it. That was really surprising to me. And then the other thing that I learned is, like, it's not always someone else telling you that you can't. Like, Mm. a lot of times it's us telling ourselves that we can't. And so we really have to catch that in our brains because I think, you know, we say – I explore this in the book too, but, like, we say can't for so many reasons, right? Mm -hmm. We say can't because we're afraid. We say can't because, you know, we – physically can't we say can't as an excuse because we don't want to find the money or the time or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so I think we really have to limit what we tell ourselves but it's also it is also far more related to being a woman I think Mm -hmm. I heard a lot of stories of you know terrible stories of women in the healthcare system being ignored or told they were crazy or Mm. called hysterical or you know and it's like it's just, it's, it's hard because then you realize how generational it is too, because it's mm-hmm. like, well, my mother never really did anything outside of what she thought was the norm, which was raise kids, right. have a family, be a housewife. And so now she's in this place in her life where she's like, what do I want? Like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And it never even occurred to her really to question that younger because women weren't questioning that. So it's like today we have come so far as women and in demanding more access and more rights. And, but you know, just a generation ago, we were not in that place. And so we're still very much coming from this place of like throwing off the covers, so to speak, right. you know, where, where it's time for us to make our own decisions and, and to encourage in our children that it's okay to be defiant and it's okay to say, no, and it's okay to say, you know, I thank you for your opinion. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own thing. Right. And I just feel like I I wanted to write this book because I had never heard of a book like it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the self help books that I read, which I read a lot of self help, it's totally about like forgiveness and you know how important that is, and I agree. But I also mm-hmm. feel like it's cool to be pissed too. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah. Energy. <laughs> you can harness that, you know, and you can see it as something that's like, as something that could be a powerful vehicle for you creating change. 
a lot can come out of it. I, I couldn't agree with you more, which is one of the reasons why my blog and podcasts are the, you know, the unruly travel blog, the unruly podcast, because I feel mad a lot. I feel so mad, and I know other people do too, and you are so right. I was just talking to a friend about this day about how our mothers were like, even in a generation where they were just supposed to work, raise, you know, work at home when they were growing up, and then grow up, have babies, go to work, maybe, um, and just, you know, focus on their husbands or whatever, and, you know, these days, I have friends who have kids who are queer, polyamorous, vegan, stay-at-home dad instead of the mom, like, all of these things, and I love it, and I... And I feel a little immersed in it. And sometimes it makes me forget that just like one generation ago that here in the U.S. that wasn't accepted. And, and it's still not for a lot of people. But it's still not. Yeah. Depending on where you live in the U.S. Like yes. that generation is still this generation in a lot of aspects, in a lot of ways, you know. Like yes. The median age for marriage in like middle America is like 24, 25. Wow. So it's, you know what I mean? I think we are still shaking off that and there are a lot of people, a lot of women that, that won't and don't want to. And that's fine, too. I think we learned that, I mean, just in women's history when the ERA was trying to pass and there were so many women against it. And you're like, what mm -hmm. are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, people will have their own opinions. And I also feel like sometimes just in business, I'm too, like, gendery mm -hmm. because I do a lot of things for women and those who identify as women. But, I mean, there's a reason. <laughs> because yeah. we are the oppressed gender so yes and I understand and I love how fluid we've become and open we've become and really just in not you know a, not believing that there needs to be one or the other or this or that and I'm so here for that I'm just I just want to like remove anything that limits us <laughs> like yeah sometimes that's just a matter of like removing that spot in your head right because yes are, like lint, lint traps and like if we can just take that little spot of lint away from the area of our potential, then maybe we can realize that, like, if we can do whatever the hell we want. Right, <laughs> right, right. And the more we learn, even think that we can, then we start to figure it out. And then we're like, oh, we really can. Like, we actually can. Totally. I know. And so, and that was kind of the, the essential question, right? It was like, well, how do you... Like, why, do, why are some women or some people defined by their traumas and some use it as yes. a kind of push past? And I don't know if I've fully answered that question, but I think a lot of it is, is hopefully just in realizing that you can. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, the, that there, that option exists. Wow. I really love that you said that because I think about that often. And I've never gotten a solid answer, but it sounds like you're gaining more traction on getting a solid answer to that. Yeah, I, it's really hard, right? Because, I mean, there's just so many moving parts to anyone's mental health. But I wanted right. to explore, like, that's why I decided to, you know, interview so many other women from different races and ages and corners of life, corners of the world, because, you know, while I think that there are certainly problems to the kind of bootstrap theory that, like, we can all get to where yeah. we can get to, I also do believe it because I've seen, I've spoken these, I've had these conversations, you know, mm -hmm. with women who've overcome so much more, women who started out in the foster system and, you know, and now are self-made millionaires, women who, you know, it's like you see, you hear these stories and you're like, oh, man, if she can do it, so can I. And it mm -hmm. really fits into perspective, like, we're all just living our own little tiny lives and our yeah. own tiny little tracks and our, like, our existence. And we're defined by our traumas, which feel so big and so mm -hmm. important. And they are, but they're also not, you know? Yeah. There's so much more out there. And there's so much more that could be out there if we could just find a way to just make that internal promise that, like, I'm not going to let this throw me off my course like I'm gonna I'm gonna harness it somehow and like ride it into the future like yes there's really there's no other I mean there's no other option that works for me mm -hmm. so that's kind of that's how this project began 
Wow. I love that. I'm so excited to read your book. Uh, I'm also one of those people, if I hear that someone else did it, like I told you when we were talking last, when I did my bike trip across the U.S., and I'm like, I'm going to do this with no bunny, money by myself at 19. I had literally heard that some woman somewhere in the universe traveled without money. I never even looked her up, right? I don't even know if that's real still. Um, but then I did it <laughs> just because right. I heard someone did it. So I'm, yeah, and I, I love it. Some of my friends about your story. I was oh my like, gosh. And I told my boyfriend, I was like, should we get bikes and ride across the country? And he's like, um, uh, he's like, maybe we'll see. But that's it. Like sometimes it's really just hearing somebody else's story that makes you be like, oh my God. It's like, right. suddenly you can see, you know, I don't, it's, it's just, it's interesting how our brains work, right? Cause we, we stay so focused in our own tracks. Yeah, yeah. Getting ourselves out of that is awesome. So I think we need to do that more often than however we do, whether it's the travel or for reading or, you know, talking to people. I mean, it's really like life is just a journey and we're here to learn and explore. So the more we can do that, the better. I could not agree with you more. And I'm so excited that you've put, you put all of these stories together in something tangible so that when people are looking for that inspiration or they just don't even know that they need it, hopefully they'll stumble upon it and be like, oh, I can do this too. Um, yeah, totally. It's like the modern, like, feminist chicken soup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, wow. my goal in my heart of hearts. Because I was like, this is just one book, right? And the, the crazy thing, a beautiful thing that happens when people read the book is they want to tell me their stories. Like, that's the first thing they want to do. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, where is this going to go? Like, book two, book three, book four? Are we going to have events? Like, how can I keep... Because these conversations, like, they they enrich me. You know? Yeah, yeah. They, they inspire me. And, you know, it's really beautiful to, like, say to someone, you know, I hear you and your story impacted me. Wow. So... So how did you choose the original, well, you've only, the one book is out now, but, you know, you might do more in the future, but how did you choose those first women? Like, how did you say your story is going in, and how did you even find them in the first place? Were they people you knew, or did you put it out on social media? Yeah, so it's kind of, this is, so this is a bigger thing, right? So when I am doing something, and I'm so in flow, Mm -hmm. It's like it all just kind of like magically comes together. Mm -hmm. So I put out one call on Haro, help a reporter out. And I said, hey, I'm working on this project about resilience. And I'm looking to talk to women who have overcome, you know, adversity in different forms. Mm -hmm. I got like 200 emails. <gasps> I mean, it was wild. Like so many people wanted to tell me their story. And some of them I was like, okay, this seems, you know, this seems like it will fit based on the parameters of someone telling you that you can't. And then I just started, but I really just started saying like, okay. So I said yes to kind of a lot of people. I interviewed mm -hmm. probably over a hundred women and just spoke with them. And each conversation was, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, but it was so like intense and beautiful and deep and personal. And, and so then I started putting their stories down, like writing them because I trained in journalism. So I would do these interviews and then I would kind of recap their stories and send it to them and say, does this sound right? Using their quotes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I did that again and again and again. And it took a long time, I think for me to understand how to organize all of this, because I was like, I'm just flooded with information. Yeah. And one night I was staring at their names and I just, it was like, kind of like a rain man moment. Like I just all of a sudden could see how they all fit and I was moving things around and, you know, and then I realized like, okay, so these five women, they've actually like, I can call them change makers because they've changed legislation mm -hmm. or they have, you know, made political change. And these women are total warriors because they've overcome like physical ailments or like health concerns. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these women are prevailers because they're such survivors, but I don't like the word survivor I feel like that's a weird word to put on anyone so mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that's something you got to say for yourself yeah so I just all of a sudden I could see how I would categorize them and so then I ended up with like eight categories which was change makers um trailblazers warriors prevailers um champions 
can't even remember. <laughs> so into like, what, what are the other ones? Yeah. Um, but I categorize them through a series of power words. And okay. Then in each of those sections, those chapters, I started off with a story from my own life in which I was also that thing. Because, oh, wow. Because we are all, like, every one of us could be a change maker or a champion or a prevailer or. You know, like, we are all so many different things that any one of these ladies could fit into any category. I just right. had to create some kind of a structure. So it really became this cool project where it was like, man, I am you and you are me and we are all kind of in this together. And so it was it's cathartic because I got to tell these stories from my own life that I have just been sitting on and living mm -hmm. through, you know, that I would mm -hmm. never, like, and some of them are, like, you know, stories I wouldn't really normally tell in conversation even, you know, like yeah. standing up to a boss at age 14 or like, you know, some of the traumatic kind of stuff that I lived through in childhood, not too much, but <laughs> it's just, um, it was really cool to see it all come together. And then in the end, I created sort of like a lessons learned. So like, these are oh. five ways that these five women from this chapter got through this. And I called them the tools to triumph. So wow. if you're going through something like, this is how Janice did it, and this is how Shanna did it, and this is how Felicity did it. And so, oh, and adventurers. There's so many, like, God, these women are just so cool, you know? So it's yeah. so funny because I'm like, you guys are everything. Yeah. Um, and then I had way too many stories. So then an editor was like, I love this, I love all of this, but there's too much. Like, it's too, it's too many. It's not effective when it's so many. So then I had to cut it down to just 35, ah. which was such a brutal cut. Um, but, you know, I chose stories for book number two because I think <gasps> wow. book number two will be um, tell her she can't choose. So, like, women in sticky situations with mm -hmm. pivotal decisions. And so I chose stories that fit in that theme, like having to make tough calls and, oh, and how wow. they fit. I love that you told the stories and then you had those tips, like, because uh -huh. sometimes we subconsciously think about those when we're reading a story, but I love that you just went ahead and you're like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and, and then I made a workbook. Oh my gosh. For free <laughs> and start working through if they want to do deeper work. So it's like, wow. it's become, it's, it's become, it's basically like my heart and soul on <gasps> page. Oh, this is so exciting, Kelly. Which is so exciting, but it's also terrifying because you're like, okay, well, when the, I'm letting this, it's like I keep saying, like, I feel like I'm I'm walking a rocket with a leash, you know, like, yeah. holding me. And then once you let it go, you just let it go and you, and you put it out into the world and you hope that people like it and you, and you cannot control, like, anything that happens right. after you hit publish, so... We're just going to see what happens. <laughs> well, well, my guess is that a lot of people are going to relate, and then uh, you're going to get another flood of emails because people are going to be like, I have this story, and I have this story, and, you know, and, and yeah. I could see so many people just because of my own experiences of just hearing someone did something, and then I do it, that hear those things, they go do something, and then they're like, wow, I'm so glad you wrote this book because guess what I did? <laughs> so yeah, I could I'm see so that. I'm so ready for that. Like, I'm so excited for that. And I, you know, at first I was like, oh, God, I feel like it's, it's difficult energetically holding that much space for so many people to mm -hmm. tell all of their stories. Um, but it's also, like, such a beautiful exchange because, you know, we put on so many pretenses of, like, and social media, like how mm -hmm. we want our lives to be, and like so much bullshit, and you know, talking and bravado, and it's like when you tell these kinds of stories, you like rip all of that away. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Here is who I am at my core, right? Right. Who are you at your core? And so that it's really cool. Wow, wow. I am like even more excited because I've been, you know, reading your emails about the book, but just hearing the structure of it. And I'm also that type of person. I'm like, let's get to it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we're not talking about the weather. Let's talk about this. So that sounds like what that what what your book is. It just dives right in head first. Yeah, it's it's uh, it is a journey. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm ready for it. You know, and and like so. Um, so the book is officially on pre-sale as of tomorrow, ah! and yeah, which is Wednesday. So by the time this podcast comes out, the book will officially be available 
on presale at tellhershecant.com. Awesome. And then it is published June 29th. So okay. that's like the full release date. So it's like it, the closer that we get to it, I mean, I like I would be lying if I didn't say like I am kind of terrified in a lot yeah. of because I'm like, oh my God, everyone's going to read my deepest shame. Yeah, right, um, right. What if they read them and they're like, oh, this book sucks. You know, right. <laughs> it's going to hurt me. Right. But I have to just let go of that because it's like I feel like, you know, I wrote this thing and it was such a marathon. It was so emotional and it caused me to examine so many relationships in my life and mm -hmm. pull it out and see what works. And, and now it's done. And now I hand it off to my community and it really doesn't even belong to me anymore. So, Right. And there's so many other people in the book, too, that are sharing their stories. So do you almost yeah. feel like a sort of packed with those people because... You're all going to be not even exposed, but you're all going to be like raw, you know, just I suddenly. I know. And my, a friend of mine, actually, she, she kind of called me out on it, rightfully so, but she was like, I love this book, don't get me wrong. She's like, but you totally took the easy way out by burying your story with 35 other people. <laughs> oh my and God. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> Call me out like that. I see it. But like, maybe that's how I just have to start talking about this. Right. Because it's hard. It, it is hard. You know? However you start, how you start, so. Right. And that might be another book <laughs> someday yeah. along the line. What's going to be fun is looking back at this podcast two years from now and being like, oh, wow, I was so scared, you know? I know. <laughs> like, look where things went. <laughs> I hope that this is an awesome time stamp for you. Like, if future Kelly is listening back on this, go you. Um, because I think that you're just going to have, I, I feel like you're going to have the most positive uplifting reviews of this book because who's going to take the time to read it and then go ew and like trash you somewhere because if they do it's like well you have too much time if you can do that you know so well it's that and it's also like you know when you when you create something like it is no longer about you and it's just about yes. where that person is while they're consuming what you're creating right so yes you can, women's travel fest is so much fun for 99. 5% of the people and then mm -hmm. the 0.5% of the people are just not there to have fun right they're just right. There, there are always people who are in that mind state where they're not connecting with it they're looking for everything that they don't like the coffee isn't hot enough it's whatever oh. you know what I mean and people do that with books too people do that with any kind of work and so someone might read this book and not connect with it and then years later think of it again read it again and it'll hit them at the right time in the right place oh so totally you have to just remember like you know, for anyone listening to this who is a creator and who's feeling a bunch of fear because it's so scary, mm -hmm. but it's like, you're not going to always, like, it's not going to be unanimously positive. Somebody's going to not connect with it, and that's because it's coming from their perspective of where they are in their life and what their mindset is. Right. So, you know, you won't always land with some people, and that's fine. So I, I think I'm setting some boundaries probably for myself which is like I'm gonna probably remove social media from my phone because I can't it, it's so I, I'm having a hard time even just like with the with the kind comments it's like mm -hmm. oof, it's it's just really flooding for me so yeah like, you know I, I I just have to limit like how I interact with the reviews and I probably won't read them because I don't I don't know if I can. Right, right, which is totally fine. You did your part, you know. You put it out there and you, yeah, you yeah. did your part. So the rest, you know, I I don't know if you've read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert yeah. about creativity. Yes! Do you remember the part where she talks about how after she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, someone came up to her at, like, a book signing and was like, oh, I related to the part about the abusive husband or something, which was not in her book at all. But that person was like, I totally related to that. You changed my life, blah, blah, blah. That person just took what they were going through and made up a scene that wasn't even in her book. And I, I think of that all the time, especially yeah. when I get afraid of putting something out into the world because I feel like I'm very open in my real life totally. and on social media. And it, it is scary, like you said. And I think boundaries are healthy. But I always think of that story because I'm like, people I can totally make up whatever. I think of that too. And I think about how people like ripped her for that book. And it was so beautiful like, yeah. and it created it helped women so many women to travel like yeah. tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands because wow. that book removed the lint from that part of their brain right so right. it's like 
you know, I loved that book, but I have friends that were like, ugh, God, I couldn't get rid of this fast enough, you know? And it's <laughs> like, and art is so subjective. Right. Some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. And like, as a creator, you just can't take that personally. Like, you just have to be like, okay, well, thanks for checking it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come by again or don't. <laughs> yeah. The good thing with books is like, okay, well, there's no refunds. So. <laughs> right. Just pass it on. Put it in the trash. It, don't. Whatever you highlight it, throw it away. You know, whatever you want to do with it is like, it's no longer up to me. It's up to you. So, right. you know, I hope that this book inspires you to go out and chase the biggest dreams that you have and that it reminds you that you absolutely can. But if you never finish reading it, then that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what it is for you. So it's really interesting being in that place because. You know, in my businesses, I am so, like, one-on-one. -on -one. Like, mm -hmm. I love connecting with people at the show. I love c taking them traveling one-on-one. -on -one. And so mm -hmm. to put out something where I'm like, I'm kind of not here. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. meeting me, but I'm not here with you. <gasps> yeah. It's is different and cool and scary. <laughs> yes, because people feel like they know you on a different level, which they do, but it's just very one-sided. Yeah, they do. and then But then they don't know me at all. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's so many things, but thank you for being so brave and putting your story out there and everyone else's. Um, and for people listening, I will totally put the link to your book, to the pre-sale, and then they can see when it's officially published in the show notes so that they can easily find it. And I also wanted to talk about your podcast because it is a compliment to your book. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, anything exciting about it and where people can find it? So, Tell Her She Can't came out today in podcast form. Woohoo! Like I said, I had interviewed so many, so many brave and awesome women, and some of those stories are just better told in audio format. So, mm -hmm. um, the podcast came as an accompaniment to that, and really is part of the greater project of Tell Her She Can't. So, that's out available on Spotify and wherever you stream. Um, it's called Tell Her She Can't. So, you know, it's all in the same umbrella. And I we are telling some really cool stories there. There are a few a few of the first seasons that are in the first book. Okay. Um, but so many more that are not. And I just can't wait to see how it grows. And I'm sort of, you know, I'm I just keep telling the universe, like, thank you. Thank you for getting me to this point. Thank you for all the businesses of my past, but like if this is where my future goes, then I will just do this. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. It really feeds my soul in a way that, like, nothing else has. Wow. And um, and so I'm really excited to see how season two comes out and season three and just to keep having these kinds of conversations and keep connecting with women who have overcome things. And already, I mean, just on Instagram, I'm, I get DMs like, you know, I was always told that I'd never be a good basketball player. Now I'm starting in the University of Minnesota's you know, top team or like, I hear all of these stories. Yeah. It's so cool because it's like, yeah, hell yeah. You yeah. can you know, <laughs> yeah. you, as you should. And I just, I want to keep that vibe going because there are just so many people in this world that, that try to discourage you or, you know, we do it to ourselves too. Yeah. Like the other people who are creating things that we wish we had created and we go, oh, I'm so stupid. I wish I should have, I should have done it when mm -hmm. I thought about it or whatever. We're just too hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So because we're hard on ourselves, we can't also like internalize other people being hard on us. So I think we yes. all got to like remove that as much as we can. Yes. And I also think that sometimes like female to female, we can be hard on each other, which I love that at Women's Travel Fest when I came, I never felt like that. I was so nervous. I was nervous kind of because Sometimes I feel nervous meeting new women or females or something just because of, like, some mean girl stuff in high school and different things like that. Um, and I never felt that at Women's Travel Fest. I, looking at your content, and I, I feel like your podcast is going to be like that and everything, it feels so supportive from one person to another as well, It you know, um, that I think that's so healthy, too, which I, I, I love that. Like, a community of women or female body people, like, supporting each other instead of yeah. judging and tearing down and, oh, this, oh, that. So, that's totally. so exciting to me, too. Yeah, me, too. Because there's room for everyone to do everything. I mean, even in the space of women's travel, which has 
grown like exponentially over the past decade. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm I'm not worried about what anyone else is doing. Like I'm just focused on my own children and my own creations and my own Right. Children. I call my businesses my children. I don't have right. children. <laughs> right. Um, but but you know, there's room for all of us to create and to express ourselves the way that feels best for us and yeah, I mean, I I just feel like we need to totally be as supportive of one another in this crazy wild journey of life as we can be. Yes, and I I think people are going to find that through all of all of your things, your tours, women's travel fest, your podcast, your book. So, I'm so excited. Thank you for talking yeah, to me about this. Come at me. Come. Yeah. Me. Let's do this. That's I'm so here. awesome. <laughs> Where can people find you if they want to find all of these things? Different websites? Is it all on one website? Where should they go? This is the bane of my existence for real, so, <laughs> it really should all be on one website. But, of course, every project has a different website. Yep. So the easiest way is to find me on the Internet at Go Kelly Lewis. And then from there, you can find any of the, any of the companies. If you want to travel, Damesley is the name of the company. Um, and if you want to come to Women's Travel Fest, that's that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and tell her she can't, which is the newest addition to the family, is tellhershecant.com. Awesome. And so, all these things for people listening will be in the show notes. And then I did a recap of my experience at Women's Travel Fest. So, for people uh, who, because that could be another two hours. Um, so, for people <laughs> who want to know more about that, go to the link in the show notes and you can read my experience. I even, I put a little video together too. Wow. I forgot about that. So you can watch that there too. If you want a more personal view of like what it was like to go and attend that. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add just for people listening? Um, or anything else that you want them to check into? No, you know, I'm just so full of gratitude and hope. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to speak on your podcast and with, yeah. with you and you know it's like let's do all the things that they said we couldn't do yeah because <laughs> for all of it <laughs> yes oh make the world a better place by leaving things better than i found it you know whether it be people or the planet or you know all kinds of things isn't there a quote that says feel fear and do it anyways yeah. 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 So I think for us insignificance, we have to do it ourselves. A lot of people are doing things in their life that they're not completely happy with. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it just because, you know, it's a norm and they feel like they feel pressured by society. Definitely. Or they're just, you know, stuck in this rut. Mm-hmm. And you know, ruts can be comfortable for people. They can be very comfortable. Comfort is not how you, how you grow as a person. (laughs) 